0: What's up party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as 5, 6, 7, 8 that's right it's theater accounts they're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers so they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple you upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you it's cheap it's easy and once you try it i guarantee you will not regret it it has changed my tax life Just email info at theatreaccounts.co.uk. That's Theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theatreaccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the In's and Out's podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom the ins and outs podcast with your host kane silver in this episode of the ins and outs podcast i speak to nick demora nick demora was a dancer and is now the choreographer and creative director for justin bieber he's those things for many other artists too but he's mainly known for working alongside justin bieber and being the creative for him uh in this episode i I kind of get a bit excited because when I was growing up, I was a huge fan of Nick DeMora, and I used to watch his videos on YouTube. So I spoke a little bit about that. And then we talk about his journey and how he became a dancer. And then we talk about some of the things that it takes to become more than just a dancer and to become a choreographer and a creative and how that's more than just steps and why he has been so successful. Um it was a super 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 inspiring podcast. Justin Bieber drops in again to this episode and says hello in the comments. You might hear I get a little bit excited and say what's up. But yeah, it was a great episode. So thank you so much for Nick for coming on. Here is the one, the only Nick Demora.
1: Yes, bro. what <laughs> up, on, bro. One second, I gotta get this bone out of my dog or else he'll make too much noise. <laughs> Do you think? Hey. <laughs> you thank you you play with that uh, sorry i'm a new uh dog dad now yo yeah, <laughs> you got you got a pack i just did during quarantine i cracked and uh got lonely i live alone so you know i was like you know this is this is actually the perfect time for me because i have the time so okay. yeah. um
0: just being able to uh train them and stuff i have been. <laughs> I've been begging my girl. I'm like, come on, like, let's do it now. Like, now is the perfect time. Like, think we're going to spend the next probably five months with it. Training. Yeah. It. She's like, and then she's like, yeah, but when the world goes back to normal, you're gone. And I'm like, two. True, true that. Yeah. And
1: by the way, what's up, dude? I feel like we haven't seen each other in 10 years, you know? Bro, it, it's, it's, it's been, I been a feel while. Like, I feel
0: like the last time I saw you was probably at a, your pool party on your roof in North Hollywood in, like, 2014. Wow. Like yeah, I was wondering,
1: like last time I had a pool on my roof. that was it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah
0: it's like thirteen, fourteen. Oh, well, you were away, and my cow was staying at yours, so that was maybe. Yeah, and then you you came back, and it was like a Nick's back in town for a week. You sold mm-hmm. him your Audi, and then you were gone again.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, sorry, it's okay, bro. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe don't get it done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how is quarantine, bro? How's how's COVID life? Um, it's been good, man. I mean, it's funny because you know a lot of people that know me closely are like, "This is good for you. Like, you can take a break. Like, take a chill pill." Because I mean, I don't know, as you know, like I, I'm I'm a workaholic. I'm finding things to work on. All day, I'm starting new companies and and mm-hmm. new ideas and pitching, doing Zoom pitches with networks on TV shows and I'm mm-hmm. I, I just it's just kind of nonstop for me still. But this has relaxed me. It's made me plug my PlayStation back in and and just game a little bit just to get my mind off um, goals for a yeah. second. Um, yeah, but besides that, you know, it's I get antsy at times. I'm definitely a social butterfly. I love being around people. I love going out. I like. I don't like like you know. People like you can just go to the beach and sit down. I'm like, no. I need to be like with people and and do stuff. Yeah, and do stuff and socialize or build or be productive and. um, So that's been an adjustment, especially at first, and also um, not to toot my own horn, but 2020 for me started off like really big and really fast. Like I directed. 16 music videos in a month in like less than a month I was doing award shows putting the tour together straight into tour rehearsal in February every day up until this and this this, like everything was like full steam ahead to a complete (laughs) stop so yeah like dang you know this is kind of crazy you know but yeah I I feel
0: like I feel like it's gonna do us all a favor like I Mm -hmm. feel like us all to reset and just breathe and then when we come back we're going to be extra hungry but i bet when you're obviously in that launch mode and you're full go from the beginning of the year thinking i've got to do all this when it comes yeah. to a stop i bet it kills your guts
1: man like yeah it kills us man like, like me and justin keep talking about it like all every time we talk like man we were just go- we were going so hard he was so excited to go back out on tour it's just been so long and yeah the whole team the dancers the crew our production like everyone was just excited and when we we put tours together we really try to put shows together like a show mm-hmm. you know so from the vendors building our props and the video and like the, the design of my the stage group we i was working on with mm-hmm. my partner chris like it was just really we were just really excited like jonathan Ray Bond the other day the may was it was the 14th was supposed to be our first show and uh-huh. we have this group chat and everyone was like get ready and we were like you know just teasing each other about like how the show and then Jonathan sent a photo of the Seattle Stadium like where the Seahawks play and it's like this beautiful stadium he sent like a picture of an empty stadium and I remember being like for me it was like man my stage design was supposed to be in there and to see like I've had drawings I got computer renders I got all that but when you finally see it built and you see a crowd react to like what you built and designed, you know, it's just like that feeling is like, oh, I miss that feeling. Or, For sure. You know, it'll we'll it'll
0: that. happen. It's just it's a, a matter sure. of
1: it's a matter of when. Matter of when. That's exactly what your when. But yeah. some
0: places in the states are opening back up. Like some places in the states are like they're like <laughs> we're we're going in, we're having shows, we're gonna hold sporting events. Like they're yeah, shit, it's bro. it's
1: so mixed here like republican or democrats it's like the the states have their own laws the federal government can oversee those but like yeah i think like florida is open atlanta is open new york is Uh completely still shut down la we're still on lockdown like we can go outside obviously and like get food for takeout we have to wear masks uh but nothing entertainment wise restaurants or any of that stuff's open yet still here
0: yeah i've heard uh, i've heard that people are like you can't go and get a coffee unless you got a mask on (laughs)
1: Like yeah, I just had to. I had to go. I had to order some dope (laughs) masks. Yeah, like I just was like, if if this is the new world we're gonna live in, this gonna be our new accessories. I've been like fighting like companies that make like really cool masks and uh, accessories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, masked up. We're just adjusting.
0: It's like for me, it's like, what if we go back to shows where like there's a. I don't know 10,000 people all wearing a mask and we can't see them smile like that's going to be the craziest like you're not going to see that expression like it's going to be crazy yeah
1: I mean you're there's so much expression in your face it's kind of crazy like even being outside and just getting up with friends when we can and like wearing masks and like like you could tell they're laughing but you can't tell like you know, <laughs> you know it's just like it's kind of weird thing man and it's weird because like China and, and Asian countries they've been wearing masks for years now you Yeah, know? and not everybody time. wears them but a lot of people wear them out there and it's like part of their culture like Yusuke one of our dancers from Tokyo or uh, from Japan or wherever and uh, <clears throat> he wears masks every day rehearsal every time we're at the airport he's mm-hmm. always wearing one it's like this like respectful thing of like I've seen him
0: in auditions learning the combo with the mask on and then takes it off for the audition like yeah it's like his like look or something but But yeah at first I I thought it was I thought it was part of his get up with his shiny jacket like you know Uh, all right this guy's got a character
1: he's a character man yeah he's great
0: (laughs) yo bro so I I was I was thinking today I've been really looking forward to this because for me this is one of those ones where like I remember being this 17, 18 year old kid, when YouTube had just started popping and like mm-hmm. Nick Demore and Ian Eastwood kind of took over the YouTube and like started yeah. popping up. And I was like, yo, I was like, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Like, the, and I <laughs> went and searched all like this shit that like me and my best friend Jamie, we used to sit and like learn your combos from a video. And I was looking at like Galactic, like oh, from 11 man. years ago, and like cooler than me were you and Kyle uh yeah. was and you my favorite one was yours and Ian's lay you down and then the next oh, yeah. group after you two Tucker did it in flip flops and i remember always yeah. like what the like and yeah. it taken me really back to like my youth like when yeah, so yeah. it was wasn't a job you know and it was a passion and Just it's so passion, dope yeah and it wasn't even like a job then and I mean, how different our lives have become from dance being a career, especially mm-hmm. yours. It's gone from being the—I mean, I remember you popping on YouTube and being taken everywhere all over the world to teach. Yeah. You know, and yes. kind of becoming a dance celebrity. You and Ian, where <laughs> yeah. go, you go—you know—it was like a dance uh-huh. everywhere. You go to like you'd come to Pineapple, and the queue would be out the building just to get in a workshop with you, and everyone would be like fanboying outside and dressing yeah. like you. Like we all had skinny jeans a fedora and some Vans, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's kind
1: of like, and just your I journey from there to now. Jeans. People used to always ask, why are you teaching jeans? I'm like, I just feel like good. I, I'm wearing skinny jeans right now. You know, I just yeah. like them, you know, like, yeah. So you had drop, drop crotch skinny jeans with the belt hanging out, like
0: I don't yeah. really remember. <laughs> so man, it's so dope to see how you how you've come on from there. And I want to kind of pick apart your journey Cause I feel like it's super inspiring for up and coming dancers and people who are already, I guess, dancers. Cause it's such mm-hmm. a dope journey and you've done it in such a short amount of time. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, to be a creative director for the biggest artists in the world, you started it very young, but you're still very young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So take, take me back to the beginning. Like how, how did dance happen for you? Like what did, what got you doing it? Had, like dance in
1: general. Uh, yeah. 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 From Yeah. The, yeah. Oh man really young i don't know why i just always danced right like i didn't i never went to a studio and no offense to people that do go that's great to get learning and training at that age but like i never went to a studio like my grandmother's Portuguese my family's from portugal my sister and i are the first american born of our family so i have a really cultural family and there's dance in portuguese culture like folklore dancing and partnering dancing so we would do that i like the church stuff and holy ghost and all the things we used to do But my grandmother, I don't know why, for some, the one thing I remember is one day she brought me to the TV when I was a kid to show me uh, Michael Jackson on TV. And I remember seeing that. That's like the first time I saw, like, I think a hit dance, like, connected with me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where it started. Number one for me, my grandmother don't speak a lick of English. she's just <laughs> brought me a TV. Nikki look boys, oh, you know, uh, and and that was that. And then from there, like I was just that little kid at the wedding and the little kid at the party and dancing my face off. My my godfather has a video of me at his wedding. I think I'm like six or seven, and I'm just just sliding and moving. And I'm like, I gotta find this footage again. He has sent it to me. I keep losing it, but. And that was just me, like that kid. And then um, what really got me going into dance again was kind of the boy band era, like the Syncs. Mm-hmm. Like NSYNC to me was like one of my, made me really dance and stuff. Like NSYNC, even Usher. You know, yeah. I got yeah. to work with him now, which was like a yeah. full circle dream. <laughs> Crazy. Getting that call, I was kind of like, what? okay. Anyway, yeah. but like, yeah, like I would copy those things, those award shows, that, that big era of like award shows with dancers, you know? So I would um, force my friends to do talent shows and force, <laughs> they weren't even dancers. I would, sh- and I guess I was always like the choreographer or creative director. You know, I would, I would like make our clothes. Like when Usher had the rhinestones on his pants, I would get, go to the, art store with my mom her sure, to take me there buy rhinestones and be gluing clothes together like who's doing that you know like so and then the instinct I would cut cut my jeans up and put the bandanas behind the cuts with you know like from no yeah. shoes attached look yeah uh, now now Micah Miri sells jeans like that for two thousand dollars you know yeah <laughs> I'm in the wrong field but, yeah um, <laughs> making yeah, them for 15 it, years it, all was, it just like I just always had this passion for it it always made me feel good Uh, I loved the validation I loved like Mm -hmm. girls liking me dance you know and then I went to when it became super serious like these dudes were in high school right and they had these Mm -hmm. dance crews and I remember my sister used to take me to these like random all-age dance parties right and Mm -hmm. I would go with her and um, obviously, dancing and these dudes would do these like these sh- like performances that they knew the DJ. They would open up the floor, and I'm like, man, those dudes are like the coolest dudes in the city. <laughs> and um, one of them was like called Too Smooth, and one crew was called <laughs> Side Effects. Of course, I remember it like clearly. Right, we're all friends now. It's, it's funny, yeah. right? I'll get to that. But I remember one night I went to the thing, and they were just in a cipher, and three of them were like going off. My friend Damer was there. This dude Boomer, and my boy Carl. And I remember being like, I'm gonna go in tonight, you know? And like, I just kind of went in and started killing it. And they were like, yo, you're really good. You should like perform with us and be like, and I was so pretty much, I became the little cute kid in Too Smooth that would come out, you know? And um, (laughs) yeah, from then on, like, I built a relationship with, like, I just started hanging with these older dancers and I just started learning from them. And uh, one of them, my best friend Joe, who's still like my brother today, was like, yo, I'm going to LA to take class at this place called Millennium. I think I was 15 at the time. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm down to go. Like, let's just go. And I, we came out here, man. I met, that's when I took, like, class with Tabitha Napoleon for the first time, Marty Kudoka. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, before a lot of things. And when I came out here, I met Laura Edwards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I no, we all should know who Laura Edwards is. I um, mean, people probably don't, but they should all know they who should. Laura Edwards <laughs> they,
0: they should. Yeah.
1: Go look up <laughs> Laura Edwards. And and then um, she told me about Monsters of Hip Hop and made me go to my first marches of hip hop and i got my scholarship there to come to la a lot of in between i could talk for ages about it but that's kind of how i started out and then came out to la with a scholarship to do the mantra show i was only supposed to stay for two weeks i had five hundred dollars in my pocket at the end of the two weeks uh, a friend of mine's like yo you can't leave you gotta stay like don't lo- don't go anywhere i was like yo, i have no money i <laughs> i don't know where i'm gonna stay and they were like just live on our couch so I lived on the couch for almost two years here in North Hollywood. Literally, you could see the building. Let's let's just do this. Yeah, so I, I needed to. So this is where I live now. But uh-huh. so behind that black building is the apartment yeah. complex couch I lived on for about two years. Yeah. Yo, I and bet um, that's so crazy now. Driving past there, being like, we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's cool, man. Like I think. It keeps like a reminder for me all the time. Like I, I did grow up with a single mom and four kids. You know, we didn't have like the best life or or the uh, like financially, like the everything we need. You know, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for me, I work. I think I work so hard because I know, like, if this ends, like it's it's just always been on me, right? Everything mm-hmm. I own to my socks. Like I've had to purchase everything in my life, you know, because we just didn't have those means. So my fear is like going back to that, you know, or yeah. making sure my future kids that I have one day will never have to go through that, you know, because I don't think a lot of people are strong enough to go through stuff like that. They let it affect them know. too much as opposed to motivating them. I think I use it as a motivational tool for me, like in life, like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Why is that guy more successful or that girl? They're human like me, mm-hmm. they probably just worked harder than me. Yeah. So my goals, I'm always like, I'm going to work harder than everybody i know you yes. know like i'm I'm, go, I'm gonna do my best you know to work harder than everybody and that's what i did and what actually you know it's funny being broke living on that couch at academy village in north hollywood when everyone got to la they wanted to party right mm-hmm. i didn't have enough money to party so when everybody went out to the clubs at 10 p.m till 2 a.m i went to the dance studio downstairs in the basement by myself and just fucking danced every night and then when the after party came back i was at the party yeah yeah because so was you're still free. involved <laughs> yeah i'm still there but yeah. while everybody was out it's like with drake man drake's verse i forget how it goes exactly but like everyone else is out partying i'm just here making all the music that they party to and that that was just like, uh, uh, like a, it really kind of hit me you know like mm-hmm. let them go party i'm gonna be here they'll come back and have the after party here but then like I worked at radio shack i had to be at work at nine AM, and my bedroom was the couch where the party was so i sometimes couldn't sleep at night because there was a party and then i had to go straight to work the next day get out of work go to class like yeah yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah Yo, that's crazy that's super inspiring
0: for i, I think anyone because i feel like we we always look at like the success story you know we always go like oh my god you're the creative director for justin bieber he must have had mm-hmm. an easy time. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't look at the, the struggle and the hustle. And that's kind of the point of this podcast, just to give people an insight into not, like, I don't want to know about Justin Bieber. I, I try and talk about Justin Bieber. Like, I want people to know about Nick DeMora because, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's the reason you're where you are. You managed mm-hmm. to get an opportunity with someone who was also very successful, but you grafted
1: to that point. Um, yeah, I think it's a me, good point you say that because, like, people see success like this, right? Because, like, people didn't know me and then you know me and yes. you see success, right? So you're like, wow, that dude made it, pa it's easy, da da da. We think it's this, but it's it's really not. Even like artists, like I hear artists a lot of time like, damn, Billie Eilish blew up so fast. No, she didn't. I'm like, no, she <laughs> she's, didn't. She's been, been resting. <laughs> she's been yeah, she was trying to sell Ocean Eyes for four years. A yeah. song that blew her up, Ocean Eyes. For four years, labels said no. That's four <laughs> years of one song's work like never mind everything she put in of years of training and then Ocean Eyes hit and then like now we're talking three years later yes but that's seven eight years right there of work for Billie Mm -hmm. Eilish to overnight be successful yeah she didn't like yeah the work takes forever the success might become overnight but the work like a chunk of it is before anyone sees anything well I bet even yourself like
0: 2012, around then, was when it all kind of blew up with Justin, right? And then all of a yeah. sudden, everyone's like, Nick Moore, the choreographer for the creative. But you've always mm-hmm. been the choreographer for creative. It's just not been mm-hmm. in the limelight that everyone can see. Like you just said, when you started off at school and you were putting these talent shows, you were always creating and choreographing. Yeah. It's just right. no one, no one kind of, not no one cares about that, but no one looks at that because they just attach you to the success platform that it's on. Whereas, actually, yeah. if, we're, if we're to learn something, we need to learn from the before bit. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Because if
1: we could yeah. all just jump to that bit, it'd be easy. Yeah. And it's, it's cool like when you think about it, like I always people always ask me a lot of things about it. And I'm just like, they want these opportunities, right? Like, who doesn't want to be a creative director for Usher or Justin Bieber, right? But I'm always like, if I gave you the job right now, are you prepared for that? Yeah. Are you actually <laughs> prepared? Like, what vendor will you call to rig your stage? What vendor will you call for your lighting, your sound, your trucking company, your catering company, your wardrobe, who's styling everything, who's going to be your wardrobe people on the road? Like, do you have that? Are you prepared for that? You know, and I think those talent shows, those things or working on my own side projects here in L.A., like my little dance videos I used to make and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, like having to get a projector, get content for it, put it together all myself with no money and no budget prepared Mm -hmm. me to get to a point or place of knowing people who to call for this and who to call for that when you need help. Once you do have the budget, because once you become successful, it's actually harder, you know, the amount of pressure that's on me every time Justin Bieber takes a stage from the Mm -hmm. label, from the management, from him, from the Mm -hmm. world, like just haters or trolls or spectators his fans expect greatness now because we've Mm -hmm. just been giving them awesome stuff to come and watch and be entertained for the ticket sales they get the ticket price they get you know so it's this becomes pressure on us and that's what people don't think realize either you know Mm -hmm. or how do you how do you deal with that pressure like how do you go to
0: go oh on the last tour Justin came in from a drum set from the ceiling or it lifted yes. from the floor one of them like how do you top it how do you come up with these things to make it better like the pressure on you even from a management perspective i bet they all look at you and go come on nick <laughs> come on yeah, nick yeah i what think to do
1: uh, again i think it's even now preparation for me right cuz like when when we're off or if i'm not on a job I, i'm still he- i'm here my my desk i'm designing stages for nobody mm-hmm. right i'm i'll come up with an idea and i write i have a whole folder that's all my inspiration or even creatives I've already put together for nobody. Like just mm-hmm. brief concepts or visuals. Like I, if I ever get stuck, I can just go to my, my my folder of things. I'm just staying prepared, like constantly. I'm not comfortable. I don't even think I'm where I want to be yet. Yeah. But that's you know? why you're
0: going to keep progressing. Cause otherwise on tour one, you'd have gone nailed it. Like
1: this is the formula. It's crazy. It's a, it's a pro and con for me, but I'm never satisfied. I remember the night, the night of opening night of Purpose Tour. Mm-hmm. That it was 2012, show-ended. right? Uh, Purpose Tour. No, Purpose was 16. 16. Sorry. Yeah. So the first night because Purpose Tour was the first tour I fully designed the stage, did the creative and all the mm-hmm. choreography. So that was, I've done like other stuff on the other tours, but this was like all mine, right? and justin's obviously mm-hmm. it's actually all justin's really. yeah, 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 right? yeah. But, but, <laughs> but so and i remember like the as soon as the first show ended i'm still in the front of house like watching and as it ended i was like what's next because i know now like how am i going to top this show you know and that showing i got nominated for designer of the year like it all did well but now i'm like oh snap how do i top that and we were working on this changes tour and we're sitting there, and me and JB are just like, all right, and my uh, Chris Gratton, he's like one of my our partner on the project and production manager, we're just sitting there like, how the hell are we going to top that Purpose tour? <laughs> it was like the first thing we said, it was such a good show. You know, I think we figured it out. We just, we actually made the show very different. We wanted to make a different vibe and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. soon, hopefully the world will be able to see it. I got my I'm whole sure. like, stack of creatives over there for it. And it's just waiting. <laughs> I'm sure eventually they will. So when
0: you were like coming up, and I guess when you came on the scene as a teacher, you had a very unique style. Like mm-hmm. no one at the time danced like you, and then kind of like Ian came along and it was similar, but a bit different, but you guys kind of created your style. I don't know what you'd want to call it. Like if there's a name to it, I just always said oh.
1: like like Nick, like that. that yeah, my, like, I just, I think I just, I, when I came to LA and this is no offense to anybody, um. I found myself cop even like as a as a dancer I found myself like starting to copy a lot of my inspiration from little choreographers like Marty Kadelka, for instance like I was Marty kid you know dressed like him same shit right uh and and uh I remember being here and going to a lot of classes and being like wow everybody dances like Marty right mm-hmm. but nobody's Marty and I remember saying like if I keep dancing like Marty, I'll never be a Marty. Yeah, I'll never be I'll just be another copycat of Marty or whatever whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. So I remember at that in that moment I was like I need to be my own self or I'll never be anybody. Mm-hmm. And so I just started locking myself in that studio again and and just moving the way I felt like I wanted to move with not caring <laughs> Hey, Justin, <laughs> he's in here. Yeah, uh, yeah. just, like, just, Justin's watched two of these now. This is dope. What's up, Justin? <laughs> uh, and, and just, you know, um, it just felt good to just be myself and move the way I wanted to move. And then um, I just started uh, teaching that and exposing my, my art. And then people just kind of started to look at it and be like, oh, that's different. That's cool. And, and it grew. Oh. It just kind of grew from there. It grew really quickly once it did, especially, you know, being able to teach a millennium. A lot of dancers from all around the world flying in to take your class and then flying you to their country it was just like what is it going on like i remember the first time i went to london and somebody like bought the same shoes i had on in a video and was like these are the same shoes and i was like there this is the first time i ever flew overseas and i was like people know me videos (laughs) on youtube it was it was crazy Uh, you did a
0: you did a show here didn't you um for like one of our like our version of carnival like, you did, like, I uh, remember you did, like, Nick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, you bro, did, like, you, you taught a class, and then I remember you selected, like, 10 dancers, and you like, stay after class. And I was one of them, and you're, like, oh, it was me, Jack McKenzie, and a few oh, others, yeah. and you're, like, and I want you to ready. do this. Yeah, I want you to do this performance with me. And I was, like, when is it? And you, I'd flown up, I'd, well, traveled up from Cardiff. I didn't live in London, so I traveled, like, four hours together just for the class. And you're, like, can you do this performance? And I was, like, no and I remember going home bro I oh, beat man. myself you know and you're like that was the chance like because I'd never really worked before then I, I wasn't I, dance was just a passion you know the, the dream right. was it to be a job and in my head I was like no I've lost the opportunity I failed like and it's right. crazy like just to see like you've gone from those moments where you're creating something for carnival, so now you're creating for the world, you know, like, or our version of carnival.
1: Um, Those moments that like prepare you, because I remember when they asked me to do it, I had one night to find dancers in London while I was in London and put a show together real quick. And I mixed the music that day, I, you know, I did it all like on my computer, like figured out how to put like a quick dance show together in less than 24 hours. And it's those moments because even on this big scale stuff, like with with justin like we, we we run into things all the time at award shows mm-hmm. and this is not working now okay now we have to go in through here we have to exit here and move through here now and and mm-hmm. things happen so fast and so you got to be able to like make a quick decision adapt on the spot that sure. makes sense adapt for sure so
0: when you you kind of had your style you started making it as the the teacher you were the mm-hmm. traveling teacher then you did like uh cub scouts with ian what then projected you onto to being a working dancer Like when you started booking
1: gigs? Uh, I was kind of working a little bit then, not as much, but um, that's why I moved to L.A. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I've always seen myself. I I look at the industry for dance like as the community side, which is like Mm -hmm. the traveling, teaching, being your own brand and and all that stuff. And then I see the uh, industry side, which is like working Mm -hmm. with these amazing artists doing things that are so massive that the world gets to see that will live on forever Um, and and movies television film whatever you want to call it right Mm -hmm. for me I felt like I've always been in both worlds right like the community knows me and then the industry knows me too and then trying to balance those things so I remember like once I made a name even doing Justin's first first time they ever called me to come in for Justin i was already doing well traveling the world and teaching and actually making money right Mm -hmm. flying to italy flying to london spain tokyo Mm -hmm. and i remember when i took justin i actually took a pay cut like a big pay cut because it's a different type of pay for being a dancer to being the star choreographer that goes and teaches but i remember like wanting to work with him i remember just wanting to go on a tour because I never did yet like a massive world tour and experience that because that's why I moved to LA and I always Mm -hmm. also knew I wanted to be in the industry more and and make big things that live on these big platforms Mm -hmm. so I took the pay cut I cancelled all my workshops for the year and I just went on tour with Justin and I just sucked it up but then while I was on tour I started figuring out like oh I can still teach while I'm on the road like I'm already going to be there. Double double. So every every yeah exactly. So I doubled up, and every off day I was teaching while people were like, "Oh, we're off in Spain. Let's go to the beach and hang out." I'm like, "I'm going to teach this workshop, you know, and and spread my name even more and bigger, and just kept the hustle, you know. Again, like I'm a workaholic. I love working and and, and creating whatever I can. So for me, it just happened that way, and and yeah, it was really cool. that's how it happened. Like. On a more major scale, I did a couple of jobs. I did jobs before then and danced for a lot of people. But like, mm-hmm. this was like when it really took that other direction. It's funny now. Like, I did Fair Play in Poland this past year, which I love yeah. teaching at Fair Play, and like some of the dancers, like these whole group from Brazil, was like, "Yo, where have you been?" And I'm like, "I've been working. I've just not been, you know, like <laughs> the YouTuber anymore, you know." And I, I I'm just seeing my life uh, go in this other direction of like production designer creative director thing you know and also like something that will last me forever you know i don't think i'll be able to teach forever you know Mm -hmm. physically you know so yeah Um. so when you started obviously
0: dancing for justin what was the when did you know that you wanted to start going down a
1: choreographer or creative route i feel like i always wanted to because i was already assisting a lot of people like nappy tabs and and kevin maher and stuff like that uh, working under a lot of choreographers. I always knew I wanted to be a choreographer. That was never the issue. For me it was being being on jobs and, and feeling like, oh, I think I have a better idea. And being like, hmm, I think I can do this better or mm-hmm. having those thoughts, right? And then, and, and then it kind of starts there for me and then yeah, I just was like, I think I can do better and I just would study and practice and and by myself again like be prepared for the opportunity I would put creatives together for no artists I used to challenge myself and be like okay Beyonce's doing billboard awards to this song what are you doing and I would just stay home for five hours and put a deck together for nobody to see you know so uh, (laughs) and then um, yeah man I just that's just how it just happened for me I think and then with Justin and Scooter they were watching my YouTube videos and Justin you know would always steal my freestyle moves if he's still in here he would steal my freestyle (laughs) during my world tour Uh, and then uh, but uh, no like I think they just kind of like like I think they liked me first Mm -hmm. you know and I think who you are is important and then um, what you bring to the table and uh, one day they asked me to the first time I ever got to choreograph a performance for Justin was for the European Music Awards in uh, Ireland and um, Mm -hmm. that was my here's don't don't up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Shot yeah. and um, yeah. I think
0: uh, I like that you said they liked you first because I think that's a massive part of it that people overlook. I feel like people are so caught up on like, I just need to roast it. I just need to kill the job. Do you know what I mean? Because I've done those jobs where I'm like, yo, this is my dream gig. And all I've cared about is being the most professional on the job and making sure I am I kill the steps better than anyone and I know what I'm doing. And they don't get to meet the human aspect of me. And like, I've missed out that way. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, yo, I really didn't get to show him how fun I can be today. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Because I was so busy, like, I just need to make sure that steps are on point. And when it comes to the stage, I'm the only one that's ready. And I miss out on all the, the times where you don't need to be that guy. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I'll never forget, like, we were doing a, a gig with Nicole in Malta for, like, this MTV performance thing. And all the dancers and Nicole... St- Stayed out after one of the tech rehearsals and had drinks. And they're like, "You, you coming out?" And I was like, "I didn't drink when I lived in LA. Like very rarely, because I was like, I'm not losing any opportunities to because of alcohol. Like (laughs) I was just that guy. I was like, I'm too broke to be, I'm too broke to be gambling these opportunities away. You know what I mean?" So I I went to bed. And I remember the next morning, Nicole went, "Hey, boring." And I was like, "What?" Like she, like she's not thinking about me as Kane, the guy, which is going to be on form today. I was the boring one. And yo, that changed my perspective on everything. We went out on this jet, on this uh, speedboat the next day, and I was like, "I'm gonna show you, I'm the fun one. You best
1: watch this, like you know, <laughs> back flipping off, yeah. like." And that but was I, a think cool. eye I think it's cool. I think it's. Me. I think it's a balance of that, right? I think it's because um, maybe how you reacted to Mr. Boring made her seem like, oh, he's not that boring, you know? Because yeah, 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 like just because she asked you out doesn't mean you have to go out either. You know what I mean? Like if you felt like you didn't want to go out, you don't have to go out. You know. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, like who you are and like your relationship with people, I think comes first. I always say, you know, 95% of the time you're not dancing, you're just together.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like
1: if you're cool. on on a tour, you do three, four shows tops a night. That's what's eight hours of your week. Yeah. That's a small percentage of actually what yeah. you do for your talent, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, especially even this time around, like. We wanted to like we we took our time like JB was like talking to me about like, hey, let's just really get a talented group. But like, I really want like a good group. I don't want drama. I don't want we don't want like issues on the road or have to sit somebody down and don't do this. and Don't do that. Like we're all grown now. Justin's older now. Mm -hmm. He's taking the role of like boss crazy seriously now. And, you know then i'm in this i'm the head of a department for him so if anything happens below this department it's, it's on me you know so yeah i wanted to protect myself and just find the right people to put around him and the the core team you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it was for a big sure. for us.
0: so when you stepped into that choreographer role what was that like oh um, when it when it goes from just being the the guy who's executing shit at the back
1: the person who's like (laughs) it's on you it was cool man I mean the pressure comes on right so right off the jump Mm -hmm. the pressure's there Um, it was a weird transition I think at first for maybe some of the people who are already there at the same level as you to then now take you serious as this guy Um, but that was probably the toughest transition it's like yo guys you're not on time like I am the boss now and me as a boss, this is how I run shit, you know what I mean? So um, dealing with that transition and then finally being able to just make my own decisions and choices on on people and stuff like that. um, I think the responsibility of uh, understanding that you're now like a business too. That's the other part. Like this is a company, you are a company, you are a brand that sells steps. And so when it came to like, whoa, these are a lot of emails, these are a lot of meetings, There's a lot of phone calls. I need to get back to scheduling things for people, hiring, calling agents, negotiating deals, trying to help the dancers on their deals, negotiating my own deals, making sure I'm protected. So I think that stuff was the the biggest learning curve for me. It wasn't like, oh, here's a song choreographed here. That's what I do every day. So much more than steps. It's just so much more. It's the business side, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people... um, underestimate this is the entertainment industry uh, entertainment business not again community business like this side over here it's like yeah pay me this per class let's party let's rage and do whatever that we want and people are okay with it over here they're not you know it's you got to present yourself a certain way and you know did was, yeah That's did you feel like I you had to? The hardest.
0: did you feel like you had to adapt your choreography like, and kind of change your style to make it match, obviously, this new environment. Because I feel like yeah, a lot of people were like, I kill,
1: I kill class combos, creating for stage is the same, it, it's not. It's not, it, it's not at all. Creating for camera is different than creating for a live show, than creating for like a music video or a feature film, like you go in differently, right? Mm. And then especially depending what the director wants, right? But also like, um... shit, I lost my train of thought. Um... It's it's, it's it's all different dude like also your job as a choreographer for an artist is not it's what do i got to do to make the artist look the best because they're not just dancing they're singing mm-hmm. which already is hard to do standing still never mind moving and running around especially when you're actually singing mm-hmm. some people don't actually yeah. sing but my artists I, do right so we actually yeah. sing and you know and have to move and there's a lot of things on your mind that day plus if you're in an award show you got awards thing you're probably presenting you got 16 interviews you got the performance you got the after thing the thing to do after that then you got to go sleep the artists have a lot in their mind and you're there to help them in any way it's more than steps Mm -hmm. you know it's like all right dance here uh you're running out of breath let's not dance here let's focus on vocals here let's do this there all right so we'll just change all that everyone go here you guys just do that part boom boom you know like it's more than steps it's staging it's direction it's motivating it's it's just being there for somebody you know what i mean yeah
0: do you have a preference which you prefer whether it's the live tv the live stage the music video like do you have a preference of what when you enjoy more
1: live yeah anything live because in instant feedback rush of like this is all you got don't fuck it up you know like that's why it's funny because like uh I've been getting a lot of directing opportunities right lately because of the work I did for Justin's album and and a lot of other things but it's weird like everyone's like yo why are you not directing more and I'm just like I don't know I don't know like first of all like I want to do direct things I only want to direct right. So I'm getting opportunities and it's like, uh, ah, no, the budget's not there to even do my idea that I want to do. And I don't even care what I'm making. I just need enough money to make my idea come to life and I'd be happy, right? That's, that would be mm-hmm. my value in most of these situations. But I'm, there's just nothing like live tour show where 16 million things need to happen at the right time every night. You know, there's something yeah. cool about that or an award yeah. show that's live, you know? well award shows
0: are the best anyway
1: yeah you know I mean? I love for
0: me that. like i love award shows because it's that it's the energy of all the different artists as well normally you haven't got a whole set playlist to do normally you get like a five minutes ten minutes so you have to nail it like,
1: you get like 30 minutes is- you only get like a 30 minute rehearsal on the stage you know yeah it's like all pressure like i used to think they rehearsed months for these shows man it's like Sometimes I get like three days rehearsal in studio, an hour on stage, and then show. That's it. And then usually for me, our our, our creatives and our designs are pretty big. We're never never just usually hopping on their stage. Like, no, they got to roll something in and fly something in and put up our whole set that they hate putting up because it's so big. Like, even like the box queue we just built for SNL they were like, you guys want to what? Yeah, <laughs> me and Justin like had those ideas and we were talking about them and I was just like, yo, these are great. Like, okay, let me just go make sure we can do them. <laughs> like because mm-hmm. you know, it's a live show Saturday Night live is live. So like, yeah, being able to move out structures in time were really important. Have you had any gigs which you didn't pull off or like didn't go to plan?
0: Um obviously not, most of the most of the time the audience don't know, but there's always we know.
1: <laughs> like Yeah, like for instance, when we did uh never not go to I don't want okay, never not work, but yeah. shift very mm-hmm. crazily. When we did the the mint room at SNL for yummy recently I remember going and looking and being like, this did not look the way we envisioned in our head because we built a room, a mint room, and sorry, my light's going out. The way the lighting was, it just wasn't working, right? There was like no way to light it without losing the mint room. And we took two hours just trying to figure out how to light it. And that's when I was like, just light. give me angle lights on the front because there were shadows that were weird right yeah because all there is is shooting from the front that's the only gap we had in the room and I remember being like you know what the shadows are bothering me make them massive shadows make it about shadows make it feel like there's like bigger monsters behind them and the thing and it fully flipped what the creative was and But it worked and it made it kind of like weird like you see Bieber's shadow and the dancers and then the shadows are over there on that angle, then on that angle. And that became the creative, you know, and it's just like on the spot being like, yo, you like it? He's like, I think it's dope. I'm like, I think it's dope too. It's very No one's one's showing their shadows. It's usually like hide the shadows, like, no, let's expose the shadows, you know, and now people are like, yo, that was pretty tight what'd you guys think of that and i'm like i didn't it just had to happen you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's dope that. you've got to got to adapt got to adapt yeah you have to adapt again adaptability man your adaptability is just is key i think in life in general do you have a, do you have a favorite uh do you have
0: a, a favorite performance that you've ever performed and then a famous one that you've ever created I would say ooh that's tough don't go and tell me like carnival or something like that
1: <laughs> no, no, um, <laughs> um, i'll give you two of my dance ones one was the grammys the grammys with justin and usher mm-hmm. when they did the collab performance that was just the grammys for me for the first time and it was just unbelievable Another one is Justin did this show in Mexico City, in the middle of the city, that was free, I think. And there were over 350,000 people there. Shit! It went back 10 blocks. And I just remember being like, what kind of stage is this? Like, this is bigger than a lot of things. This is like Michael at his peak or even bigger. Like, it yeah. was big, like big, big, big. And I remember watching like, uh, let me see, I can pull up a photo of it for you. Um, Michael Alive from Budacrest or whatever, that concert DVD. I remember just watching that one and seeing the sea of people in this like moment is what reminded me of it. Yeah. Like yeah. It, was, it was nuts. I'll see if I can pull up a photo of it. One of those ones that just blow your mind. like Yeah, media? I was just like being there and being like, whoa. And then even seeing like, uh, let me see, Google, do your magic. Like this was just some of the space that had people. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it went forever. Yeah, that is ever. unreal. What's this one? Like, what? it was nuts dude it was it was a crazy experience um creatively I think my favorite one so far is sorry at the AMAs with the rain and the pool and the water I, I watched that today yeah that I think it was a culmination of that I remember that night still not knowing like I was doing all the promo shows up into that night and um it was just a big night. We did like the slow song into where Are you now with the lights and lasers and that side, and then we came over here. It was a three song melody. It was just a big moment for me and and Justin and, and our whole team, and uh and I remember that night we celebrated like because the show went so well and it just looked so epic. And I remember that night like, you know, the industry's weird. Like people give you props, but sometimes that night like everybody was like, "Damn, Nick! Like that was yeah. crazy!" Like I, you know when it's a real one. <laughs> Yeah, when Scooter comes up to you and praises you, you know you did something right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, when, so, and then that night, I remember like doing it all and then still not knowing, like again, like with Believe Tour, I was doing all the creative and choreography, but they still brought John Chu into creatively, head, head the creative direction on the Believe Tour, right? So it's like they trusted me enough, but not yet. But then that night, I remember Scooter being like, you ready for the tour now? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. And I think that was like my proving ground to him that I can do a whole tour by myself creatively. So I did. And so that's why, that's my favorite.
0: (laughs) I bet you probably learn a lot from Scooter as well. Even though I guess he's not in the dancer world. Like I remember being in rehearsals. I I did a performance for Justin when he did Baby and uh, Somebody to Love in the UK Mm -hmm. in 2010. And Nasty Ray was teaching me flares. And I was like, I can't get it down. And he went, just keep practicing. And Scooter went, don't keep practicing. And I was like, what? And he went, practice doesn't make perfect. Whoever told you that's lying. And I was thinking, what are you on about? And he went, perfect practice makes perfect. Make sure you're practicing it right. And I was like, yo. Like, and just that stuck with me forever, you know? And yeah. it was like him saying a sentence. And I was like, yo. I never thought of it that way. So I can't imagine the amount of things you pick from his brain.
1: Man, yeah, it's really cool to be able to... I think it's 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 one of those things like, uh, depending on how you grow up and stuff. Like you don't see success, so you don't see success, right? But when you see success in front of you in the flesh and you watch it work, you you see success. You yeah. see the 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 possibility of it. And Scooter's done that a lot for me. I've seen him, and people don't even know half the things he does. Like man, music is just one of them, and that's what makes me start other ventures and stuff like that and you know yeah man he's just like he's that guy mm. you know and he has the crazy ideas too like a lot of ideas of promo and all these things come from Scooter you know so like it's it's a it's a cool like I I just love the Bieber team I love working for other artists too it's great to like expand my creative but. We've built like a family. When you think about it, we all came up together. Justin, well, uh, the team, well, the, uh, teams, the yeah, band. Even, the, the,
0: even your dancers, like obviously the first cast was kind of like you, Mike Vargas and like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like that bunch. And then since you kind of, I believe, tell me if I'm wrong, since you took over choreographically, it's kind of been like you, Johnny, like all the same bunch, like J. Rabanne, yeah. like the same group. And then Michael yeah. jumped in, like, and it's kind of stuck that way for like eight years.
1: Yeah, about eight years, seven, eight years for them. Yeah, it's,
0: it's like a solid click. and you can see it works so well together. Like I watched them um, a performance for. It was CJ, I think Justin Dreadlocks, and Janito yep. dancing uh-huh. earlier, and I was like, "Yo, look how young CJ is there!" Like, and it's still rocking with the crew. Like, just and it's like a. You can see that it's like a collective. We're just stuck together, and that's dope to see. Yeah, you know, you back, know, so yeah. many so many get chopped
1: and changed in and out yeah it's just because like also I think it's the job everyone wants to be on you know a lot of people come work with us in our camp from another camp and they're like whoa this camp is different you know like just the way we are the way we treat people uh how things run how I run rehearsal you know like I uh I sometimes am known to be an asshole, but that's only if people are not doing their job. But if, when everyone does their job, like I don't have to yell, I don't have to cuss anyone out. I don't, you know, like so it's that's why you want to find the right people that know how to work and therefore everything's smooth, you know? Like we don't have to be here 8 hours because everyone's great, learns fast, on time and we can get out in 6. Like have a good day, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's just it's all of that stuff, man. It's pretty crazy. Crazy yeah. right. stuff. So- yeah that's super dope I got, I've
0: got, i got two things that I want to ask you definitely before you go the first one is whose idea was it and I'm sure you've been asked this bazillion times but I've never heard it so it's for me and if anyone else has heard it before I'm sorry uh yeah. for the airport thing the airport flight delay like
1: how did that happen uh, the video. That was, we were actually delayed and then the we were super delayed and I was so the idea was mine I had mm-hmm. a camera, that's why I'm holding the camera until the very end. Yeah. Um, and nobody wanted to do it, everyone was like tired at the airport and I forced them all to do it. Of course. <laughs> I was back in high school making people dance. And um, then they were like, as we shot it, they were like, you know, their energy was like, oh, okay, this is fun. And then um, our flight actually did get canceled right after we shot it. So I really just didn't know what I was doing. We were on the road, I had a camera and I'm like, let's just shoot something. We've been at the airport for four or five hours. Let's just dance in the airport. And then we just posted it. I posted it and then it went super viral at the time. I, I, was, I remember seeing it for the first time and then I watched it again today. And even then
0: today, I thought the exact same thing like, yo, where's security? <laughs> like, Nowhere. Where's security <laughs> in the airport? Like, you can't do anything in an airport without getting told off for an announcement. I was like, they've just smashed out an entire number with transitions. Yeah. And did, how long went into like planning the space and it all like. Nothing. I said, start here
1: and you just moved around I'm literally like go that way like i'm literally directing as i'm shooting literally one take we never shot it more than once we didn't plan it it was just like get up christina go to the phone i'll start here with the girls and then we'll figure it out and then we just shot and that's why we're like running people don't know where to go and like yeah yeah but it's so if it,
0: there's something yeah. so organically brilliant about it and then yeah. this dude at the end when you put the camera down trying to not get in the shot running i was like move dick like don't <laughs> <laughs> like get out the shot so, yo, <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that the first time and being like, "Yo, how did they do that in an airport?"
1: Like, you I wouldn't think get away with doing that a in a natural, street. It's a natural joy, <laughs> you know. It's a natural joy we fun we would have in. I always say, if they see fun, they'll feel fun. Period. Yeah. 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 That's dope. I like that. Okay. It's so like, also one, for, uh, for dancers, dancers who are auditioning, when when you come into a room and you're you're eager or too nervous or you're like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" I feel that. And I don't feel any mm-hmm. performance. right but If you And they're like, hey, I'm just going to have fun today. They're either going to like me or they're not. And I'm going to keep it moving. And then you bring some joy to the room. That's how I'll feel joy or I'll feel your performance quality over everything else.
0: Yeah. Someone just put OK Nick Demora quotes. I hope you're writing them down, Ryan. Um. <laughs> That's my friend, Ryan. <laughs> oh, it's it. Oh, <laughs> um, OK. And then you've kind of. It's kind of self-explanatory if you're really intelligent or just half intelligent and hear this. But if you were to give someone advice who wants to kind of have the same journey that you've had from going from being a dancer to a choreographer from creative director, what would it be? Because as you've said, it's more than just steps. So how could they go about working their way?
1: Um, serve people. So I would call me or find a way to get in touch with me or anyone like me who's in a place of what you want to do and go work for free for them for two years and not to say i'm just going to take anybody who comes my way but like you got (laughs) to be able to for instance i checked like my my ig email today i check it like once a month i don't it's just like you know mostly junk shit that gets in there so i just check it like once a month and um one of these dancers watched a live seminar of mine about two months ago, and there was an email from her, and they're like, Hey, I heard what you said. Like, I'm willing to serve you. Here's my reel. Here's what I do. Blah, 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 blah. Would love for you for your feedback or take a look, whatever. And I watched it. And she has like these videos that are not produced at the highest quality, but there's some substance to them. There's, I can tell she, she, um, she did well with what she had in every situation. Which is great because not every situation where you have these you have massive budgets, even with big artists, right? So, I was like, okay, she got some. There's something there. There's potential there for her. So I actually DM'd her today and was like, hey, I got your email. I saw your work. Uh, I'll keep you in my mind if I ever need your service, like your help with anything. And she was like, ecstatic, Mm -hmm. you know. So like things like that. Like you reach out to people and learn because I feel like again, like. To get in this industry, you got to get in first, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just going to get in like I've assisted some people who've won awards on things I've helped create and I don't have those awards, you know what I mean? But but what they gave mm-hmm. me was more than that. What they gave me was like this knowledge and this school that doesn't exist, right? There's no like go be yeah. a creative director school. There's not like, hey, come on set. Like Nappy Tabs, one of my favorite stories is Nappy Tabs got I'm a creative director of American Idol one one season and i want to be a creative director and i was assisting him as a choreographer and i was like yo i want to like i'll come shadow you i'll just get you coffee i'll clean your house i'll watch your kids your dog like whatever you need me to do i just want to come and learn i just want to be on set right i just wanted to be there right once you're there you can see what there is and what then what would need to be done and and Napoleon was like, be at my house at five. And so I went to his house and I helped him on the season. And I'm, I'm putting together tr- treatments for them and finding references for them and then being on set, here's your coffee, Uh-huh. like mm-hmm. humbly. And at the time I was Nick Demora traveling the world teaching still, so Yeah. already. Like I was already Nick Demora, however you want to put it. But like, yeah. I, but in that role, I'm nobody. So why am I gonna think I should just be here? No, I'm gonna go back to the bottom and do this, and back to the bottom, and do this. Same thing with like stage design. You know, mm-hmm. went to the bottom, learned how to draw three D CAD drawings by myself. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because
0: I feel like oh, yeah, it's funny because I feel like um, in in our industry, we're very much like, uh, you know, you have to get paid, and it's about your worth. And I I, I do agree. Like it it is an income and working for free or for an opportunity or for exposure isn't right. But sometimes it's necessary, depending on what the thing is like in other fields, like if you want to be a plumber, you be a mentor, like you do an apprenticeship. Yeah, like you do it in all these other fields. But for some reason in ours, we don't and it's hard because I agree most of the time, like, no, we shouldn't be dancing on stage in front of a thousand people for free. But right. maybe if you're helping someone create something, you're learning from them essentially. Yeah. You know what I mean, you're learning the Philip, process.
1: Philip Shabiev and I talked about this because he 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 did a great post about it, and it shouldn't be about money. It should be about where what's the value, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you, what is the value you're getting off this opportunity? Now, like, if the value is like, hey, we're doing the show, we'll pay you ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars is that value, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're like, hey, um, I know you. You've been reaching out to me. I'm working on the MTV VMAs with Justin Bieber. I'm working on it for a week and the weekend is the show. I need some assistance. Do you want you know, do you want to come help me? or just I just need someone to just keep me on track for the week. you know yeah. are you gonna be like, well, what are you paying me to do this? or if you're not even at that level yet, right? Like yeah, what if if I pay you, what are you really offering me? or do you need to learn what you need to offer first? So the value in that is going in the room. Now you're surrounded by the dopest dancers mm. in the industry that now know your name. Now you're surrounded mm. by the, the highest management company in the industry that know your name. You're on emails yeah. with producers for Dick Clark and MTV. Mm. You're now mm. like, oh my God, like you're with Nick DeMora, whatever, right? You're, Justin mm. now mm. knows your name. Yeah, Yo, you know, sorry what to what cut it, you off.
0: This is going to kick me off in oh, yeah. 10 seconds. I don't want to lose okay. it. I'm going to come, come back on all right all right that's cool say bro yeah sorry bro i thought i was gonna lose you then i was like this is gold
1: don't disappear. it's all good it's all good don't disappear No. yeah like again man i don't know like it's, it's just finding value you know it's a lot of this is being at the right place being prepared um and making great uh making great relationships man and you just need to make relationships how are you gonna make relationships if you're not there remember again just being in the room right being in the room is a big deal you know like there's times there's events that i don't feel like going to cuz i'm tired but i know i need to be in that room now if you mm-hmm. don't want to be that guy then this isn't the industry for you or or that girl right yeah. this is not the industry yeah. you got to hustle yeah. you got to make relationships you got to be a good person you got to be prepared you got to work your ass off like people want every time people are like oh i want to do what you do i'm like are you sure like i don't sleep <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah you know, especially find, during like,
0: a, go ahead. I find that even with dancers though. Like people are like, oh, I want your job. I'm like, you don't know. Cause you don't go and take class. You don't train. You, you, you only train in class. Like, so you don't really like, you're not going yeah. home and practicing the shit that you were taught in the day. Like, <laughs> so right. I can't so imagine like, it on your scale where there's so many other elements
1: and moving parts. Right. It's life or death to me. Mm-hmm. You either, you either going to do it or you're not like, that's it. Like, yeah. so either just do it. There's no in the middle, there's no like half assing, you know what I mean? Like some people can maybe get away with that, but the majority of people you see that are so successful, they're working harder than you. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. They work harder than you. And you know, it's like the same thing when dancers are getting mad at these TikTok people and they get mad at these dancers on Instagram who are or YouTube that are so popular with not a lot of substance. I'm like, well, go work harder than them. They are mm-hmm. outworking us on these social platforms, posting a video every single day. Every day they they're, they're yeah. choreographing, dancing, filming and editing every day. Every day. We're not doing that. So they yeah. they're going to take it away. You know, it's mm-hmm. diluting the quality of dance to me, but who's your audience? You're, I mean, again, when when people are getting tens of millions of views on dance videos, it's it's not dance. It's not
0: that no it's not well, even
1: creatives it's it's, it's not it's, creatives that's why I'm always about quality over quantity for me but mm-hmm. for me I like to make stuff that people in the industry are going to like and you know sometimes you got to do viral things or whatever but it's fine but just have a balance I think for me it's about balancing that but again like you know it just depends on what direction you want to go in as a as an artist or a dancer you know. Mm. Yeah. And for I, me, I like everyone's always funny. like, "Yo, why are you not like posting TikToks every day?" I was like, "I don't want to make a video with the Febreze can." Like, I, that's just not entertaining for me. Then I don't want to do the savage stuff. challenge. I don't want to Yeah. I do my own challenges and that's that, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and, and that's it. Yeah, I like what you said about Unless that this, changes I like <laughs> what you said
0: about the outwork in you cuz like I started this podcast. I've said it on here before, but over 2 years ago and like towards the end of 19, 2019 I was like yo why isn't this being as successful or why am I not speaking to the people I want like as high a profile as I want to and stuff like that and I was like actually I've only got myself to blame because I'm not treating this like I treated dance when that's what I wanted to do you know when mm-hmm. that's all I thought about that's all I dreamed about it's all I I'd be at home researching the best dancers and choreographers and I'd be like who choreographs for Chris Brown like you know what I mean like right. I do my research and I wasn't doing that in the new field I'm trying to go down so it's that I was like I've got to make changes like so then I go and look at all different podcasters and look at all different interviewers and see their style see what I like do I like it more formal do I like, like it less formal is it a Q&A or is it a conversation and pick apart what I want my version of that to be and I'm still I right. still a white belt at this shit and this will be my 98th episode Like, you know what I mean? And if you go back to the first 50, they're probably trash. But they're getting better. (laughs) The sound quality is not better because of Instagram. But it's about keeping to try and learn. Like, it's like, instead of just going, I've got the equipment.
1: Yeah, the more you create, the more you'll you'll learn. I remember John Chu, like, at one point was like, just make shit. Just keep making stuff. Just make stuff. You want to be a choreographer? Just choreograph. Keep choreographing. And yes, it's going to take 15 years to be great. That's it. I've been yeah. choreographing since I was 10 years old. I'm sure that piece wasn't dope. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, like, yeah, it, is, it takes time, and people got to be willing to sacrifice a lot, too. And being a dancer or, or being anything, it's like you got to be willing to sacrifice. People go to med school for 10, 12 years, bro, to be a doctor or a surgeon. Like, they yeah. sacrifice all that to then live in their their dream or their light you know. So mm-hmm. for me I, I sacrificed everything. I'm still sacrificing now. Like I got brothers that weren't even in school yet and now one's in college since I've moved away. Like I've I've missed my brothers and sisters growing up sometimes. Like I, I can only check in on holidays or when I have time to fly all the way back across the country which mm-hmm. is further than going from country to country in Europe you know. Like yeah yeah. 4,000 miles from LA to Boston and you know I've, I've I've missed my, my parents haven't really got to see me grow up as an adult only when I check in, right? Like I've mm-hmm. made crazy sacrifices to be here and to be where I'm at to follow my own dreams, you know, and that's the sacrifice you got to put into your head. Like if you're in Pakistan right now and you want to be a dancer, like you got to come to L.A. and that's it. Like yeah. not, you can dance for some, unless you want to be the local Pakistani choreographer. Cool. Mm. But if your goals are here here is where everything is outside yeah. of that balcony, you know outside <laughs> <the balcony. laughs> yeah. on that on
0: that language boulevard yeah exactly <laughs> yo <laughs> man this has been so dope thank you so much for your time like it's been super inspiring for me so i can't imagine what it is for everyone else
1: as well oh thank you for having me bro i'm glad I had the we had the time to do bro. this and catch up with that we haven't spoken yeah. in a long time oh, nice. um, this is yeah. my favorite thing
0: about I said everyone's hating lockdown and I'm like, I'm loving it. Everyone's free. Like everyone's <laughs> yeah. free. I, I, that's I, true. Okay. That's true. You, CJ, Marty, Super Dave, Eddie Morales. Yeah. I'm like, everyone's at home with nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> or at least less <laughs> at least tight. less to do. Less to do. <laughs> Not nothing. Oh, man, bro, appreciate awesome. you so much. Um, stay yeah, safe. And I love hit right, you. you up. Peace, to you, bro. Thank you, bro. Later everybody. Bye, man. Thanks
1: for tuning in. Peace
0: thank you for listening to the ins and outs podcast please leave a five-star rating and review on itunes if you can't do it it's because it'll ask you to change your user yeah sometimes if your user is taken it won't allow you so just change your user and then it'll let you that would mean the world to us also one last thing please share the podcast with your friends and family it would mean the world to us to get this podcast to bigger audience the more people that listen the more people that get entertained and educated and inspired please stay safe stay tuned for more one love we out bye